the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The lectionary has us reading right now, uh, and ends with tomorrow's reading, uh, the, God, the epistle, the first epistle of John. And if you're familiar with the first epistle of John, it is a very challenging reading. It's very lovely reading, because the themes are things... Uh, that most of us like to think about, which are things love, delight, uh, being in the fellowship of God. But John also has a very strong sense, uh, and it reverberates throughout the three uh, epistles in his name, uh, that there is the light, and if there's light, therefore, what is the opposite? Darkness. Sorry, that was a rhetorical question. That was almost too obvious. Uh, <laughs> John uh, emphasizes over and over, and he roots the, uh, from the very beginning of the epistle, that the gospel of our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ is a gospel about uh, someone, namely God, who came into our midst, and as they said, it was someone that we could touch, someone that we heard, someone that we spent time with. And the rest of the epistle reverberates the communion that one has with God uh, in the reality of the Incarnation. Uh, and especially if you can remember the Gospel of John, uh, love means uh, not things that are commonly attributed to it today, but the actual obedience to Christ and his commandments. To love God is to do what he says. This is not just 1 John, this is the Gospel of John. Uh, nay, I would say it is actually the entire scope uh, from the Hebrew Bible, from the Old Testament, uh, the Old Covenant. If you love God, you will uh, obey his commandments, you will meditate upon them day and night, you will fulfill them to the best of your ability. The very end of the epistle of John, the first epistle, has one of my favorite lines uh, in the New Testament, mostly because it seems to come out of left field, because he's going on and he's talking about being, uh, if you are following Christ, you're in the fellowship of God, if you're in of sin, then you are not, and you know the difference, you're either in or out. He then says... The very end, little children, keep yourselves from idols. It's almost as if you saw a rabbit and decided to follow it and then never ended his letter. Because there ends the first epistle of John. But I'd like to unpack just a little bit this powerful sentence. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Because in this one sentence, you have all of the themes of John put in a different light, but also, I think, helpful to think about what it means for us on, I'd like to talk about three things out of this, idols, what it means to be little children, and then what it means to keep us, ourselves, away from these idols. Idols, of course, you are familiar with. Uh, and you have graduated beyond uh, animism. Uh, so you are obviously, I would imagine most of you have never offered incense before a wooden uh, 
or steel figure and thinking that your answer, your prayers or your requests are going to be answered. I think that is a fair assumption in 21st century America, uh, maybe with some exceptions here or there. Uh, we don't really go for a good old fashioned paganism, although I think it's making a comeback. Um, the idolatry, of course, and we already see this in the Old Testament. Uh, you may have still lodged in your mind, like I did for years, uh, that the Old Testament was all outward stuff. I don't know how I picked this up, but it was, it was the way that we spoke talking uh, growing up. Everything in the Old Testament is outward stuff, and then you get the New Testament, and it all becomes inward stuff. Does anyone have any recollection of things said like that? That's how I grew up. Maybe I had a weird... You did, Charles. I know you did. So we grew up the same. If you read the book of Deuteronomy, there's no way that you can come away thinking that the Old Testament law uh, had a simplistic understanding of what idols were, uh, or what the allure of idolatry was uh, to the Israelites. Uh, In some ways, there's a kind of pragmatism, but also maybe a, uh, uh, you call this a mimetic or a, uh, if you see your friends doing it, and they seem to be doing all right, then maybe I should pinch uh, a little uh, something to that God, and maybe I'll get the things that I need or want. What's fascinating about idolatry, of course, uh, is not just the fact of idol worship um, being a kind of contractual obligation, right? You go to an idol, you sacrifice something, and you expect if you sacrifice something that you're going to get something back, right? I'm going to get a good rainfall, my crops, uh, etc. What's fascinating about a lot of idolatry is that there's not... Uh, a relationship uh, built in the same way at all as we see in the Old Testament in the way God comes and manifests himself, saves Israel with his strong right arm in the way the scriptures speak, from captivity, from uh, bringing them into the promised land. Idols, uh, think about the Greek gods and the Roman gods. It's similar to many of the other gods in, in the late Mediterranean world. Uh, are they known for faithfulness? I think you'd probably say the opposite. Uh, Hera and Zeus, if you know anything about their exploits, uh, faithfulness is not one of them to each other. Uh, you do not have them, there's a kind of willy-nilly relationship with, to people. People are kind of like little things in the world that we can play with, and the puppets, and the gods are just... Uh, a lot of times, our vices personified and thrown up into the sky and just made bigger and immortal. With the God of Scripture, we have a God who comes and develops a relationship with the people, gives them a law, forms them into a people, uh, calls them out of slavery and into um, the promised land, and uh, then asks not just for sacrifices or the building of a temple and these things, but he asked for their heart. He asked to be their father. He asked for them to become his children. And one of the first ways that we turn from idolatry, and I'm sure all of us, if we just take a few moments, can review our life and see that we're not following after Zeus or Hera or anything like this, but we have many other things that come in between us and our God, idols, Um, but at the core of our relationship 
with God is our need to become little children. As Jesus says in the gospel, for us to become little children is to inherit the kingdom, is to uh, manifest the kingdom, to utterly and completely trust in our God. Keeping ourselves from idol, maintaining ourselves as the little children of the Father, uh, this is the core work uh, that we have before us as Christians. Uh, this is why we pray. This is why we receive Holy Communion. This is why we engage with uh, struggles against the passions, against all the little idols, uh, the household gods that we have on our heart's shelf that we need to eradicate. Does God, when he sends uh, the people of Israel into the land, the promised land, what, how does he relate to idolatry? Does he say, it would be a really great idea if you basically peacefully coexist with the idolatry, uh, and eventually one day we'll, you know, convince, uh, and uh, you will be able to just work around the idolatry that's surrounding you. What, what does God do in the Old Testament? He tears them all down. And in fact, if you see this uh, later in the church, uh, with like St. Gregory, uh, the wonder worker at Caesarea, uh, St. Boniface, and other saints, uh, when they go to the sacred sites, uh, they didn't really ask for permission. They actually go into the temples and they start taking an axe and they just start going, going to town. Uh, you can imagine they weren't very popular, uh, but they did exactly what they did in the Old Testament. And this is an example for us, of course, as the little children of the Father, who through our meekness, our resolve, and our love for our Father, we take the axe to all of the little idols that we have gathered to ourselves, made bosom mates, uh, related to so deeply, uh, and yet uh, a complicated relationship, if you could say, that have a status update, <laughs> complicated relationship with idols, that we need, as they did in the Old Testament, and as our forefathers in the faith, to destroy all of the idols, so that we can, as the epistle of St. John tells us, fully love God, fully embrace his commandments, and walk in the light as he is in the light. For if we love him, we have the anointing to know all that we need from him. And so through all of that, we give glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 <coughs>